Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. And I am on location here in Indianapolis at the Indy 500, but uh, still got to report on the uh, the news that's going on out there in the market for you guys. And yeah, we've had uh, some massive moves in uh, you know a lot of the chip stocks, a lot of the tech names, the QQQs at a record high. Uh, we've got a lot of different stuff going on out there. We had the uh, the actual uh, market pretty much flip on us as to what was going to happen with these rate hikes going forward. And uh, we're going to cover that a little bit more as to what's going on and why we're seeing this massive change. But uh, yeah, first up, thank you guys for being here. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please make sure that you do that so that you do not miss any future episodes from me. And uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into what's going on out there. Uh, so first up, I guess I will just say that I'm, I'm doing this all off of my cell phone. So if the sound's kind of funny... I'll be back in the in the office uh, for the next episode, and uh, we'll we'll get all that straight. And I, I'm trying to do all the recording and all my information off of the phone, so it's uh trying to kind of navigate multiple menus and browsers at the same time. But uh, so yeah, let's just go ahead and uh, and start. So yeah, first up, we saw the uh, the PCE come out, and those numbers were higher than we had anticipated. Now, uh, that personal consumption expenditures, this is the Fed's main thing that they are going to look at. And uh, it showed that um, sp consumer spending and inflation went up in the month of April. So the uh, expenditures rose about 0.4% uh, in April, which is a 4.7% from one year ago. And consumer spending held up uh, well as personal income has increased. Uh, so it said that spending was up 0.8% uh, for the month and income was up 0.4% for the month. So now when we uh, we look at that, uh, inflation still sticky. We're still having these problems. And what is that you know, the Fed going to do with that news? And uh, pretty much right after this announcement came out on PCE, the, uh, the CME, the FedWatch tool that we kind of commonly look at, it went to... I believe 52, 54% of uh, people saying that we were going to get another rate hike in June at that June 14th meeting. So now I'm looking at it uh, this morning and that number is now 64% of people saying that we are going to get a 25 basis point hike at that June meeting. Now remember, uh, I think it was like a week and a half ago, it was 94, 95% saying we were staying put, we weren't gonna get any more rate hikes. We were done, and then we had Waller and Bullard come out and say that, hey, you know, the job's not done, inflation's still hot. And, uh, you know, we kind of started seeing those numbers, uh, you know, increase to go up uh, 25 basis points at the next meeting. So we were kind of getting uh, our, our heads wrapped around it a little bit. But, um, I mean, I, I guess a couple different things. Well, first off, I would have thought, uh, you know, that the market would have taken this as a big negative. And I guess some stocks did do that. Some of the the higher, you know, uh, volatility growth stocks did take it a little bit on the chin. But uh, man, we had some massive news in the chip space 
that uh, really brought up all of the uh, the NASDAQ, all of the, the large cap tech stocks uh, at the same time. So we're trying to navigate multiple things that are going on. And um, yeah, I guess the, the most recent one was Broadcom. AVGO is the ticker. And uh, they are actually set to report earnings on June 1st, which I believe is Thursday. And they happen to go up $84, which is about 11.5% on Friday. So we uh, started the day around 7.40 and we closed the day around 8.13.90. And uh, yeah, we had a, a lot of the talk of that Apple news uh, where they're going to be making um, components for Apple uh, in the U.S. So we're going to have more supply chain here in the States rather than sourcing things from around the world. And um, that was going to be a huge uh, driver for Broadcom going forward. And uh, that was one of the things that took this up. But I also think a lot of that news was from NVIDIA. And uh, NVIDIA had a, uh, had a good quarter, but uh, the guide going forward was really the thing that drove this one just out of the atmosphere on, I believe, was it Wednesday or uh, maybe Thursday evening after they reported. Now, so the, the quarter was okay. But that's uh, really the AI chip sales. You know, we had been talking about that since uh, I think Apple, Microsoft, a lot of those big tech names had started reporting uh, earnings for this quarter that uh, they were really all looking at AI. Everyone was AI. Uh, even one of the episodes that we had recently was AI as the talk of uh, earnings. Even, you know, Pepsi and uh, I think JP Morgan's coming out with some AI stuff to pick uh, investments for uh, for customers of theirs. So it's still the, the main thing that everyone's really looking at right now. And uh, NVIDIA has been a powerhouse in this area. We probably should have just gone crazy long on this one when it got down in the 100s. Uh, I know I bought a good amount. I've, I've already doubled that on, on that uh, investment on that position. And uh, it's one that I continue to think will do well. Um, you know, so I think a lot of this was, well, hey, um, is this time to go ahead and get out of these? Are we getting into a bubble? And uh, I, I think we could be getting into that bubble territory on some of these. But uh, when I'm looking at Broadcom, uh, first thing I notice here is, yes, they had a, an 11% move higher, but uh, their PE is still at a 27.3. So I still don't think that is all that stretched for a company that is in that chip space that is going to be partnering with Apple. Uh, it's probably higher than it normally is. But then you look at a company like Pepsi, which is typically much cheaper on a PE, and they're sitting at 38. So uh, I think the, the some of the individual names in the market are getting stretched. But uh, I don't know that NVIDIA, Broadcom, some of these chip names are really the ones that are concerning me. So. Uh, in some ways, I I want to stay long these names. Uh, I've already got a large position in both of them. Uh, with this move on Broadcom, it's, uh, man, it's probably, let's take a look at the actual position that I have in these names. Um, let me see if I can't do this on the phone here. Let's flip the market value. Yeah, with, with these moves this week, NVIDIA went to number two in my portfolio. And Broadcom is now sitting at six, seven, eight, number eight in my uh, portfolio. So that has drastically changed here uh, with the names that are in my top 10. Um, a lot of the ones that are in my top 10 right now are tech names. 
with the exception of AbbVie and Lockheed Martin, uh, United Health being at the bottom of that uh, 10. But um, yeah, so the, the other names have definitely had a massive uh, turnaround in the past five, six months. We've definitely been uh, riding this wave higher. As I said, the QQQ is, I believe, at a new record high as of the close on Friday. Uh, let me take a look here. Yeah, 349.24 was the high, and we're sitting at 349.38. So, yeah, we are at a new high on the QQQ. Uh, as far as I know, we've got the, uh, it had to be uh, a recent high. We did hit 404 back in. Uh, November of 21 looking at it here uh, so yeah we, we're definitely moving to new highs in the short term uh, new highs on the year but um, yes we did hit uh, 404 previously so um, I still think that uh, we've got some more room to go on some of these names and uh, I'm not going to abandon ship on them I could certainly see trimming because these names are getting to be such a large part of my uh, portfolio here but um I really do believe that in the next five, 10 years, uh, with the way that everything is going, everyone looking for AI, everyone's trying to build on NVIDIA chips and really expand what they have. I do believe that uh, companies like these, uh, NVIDIA, AMD, Qualcomm, Broadcom, I think they are all going to be highly needed going forward. They're just going to continue to grow. Uh, I could certainly see NVIDIA getting to six, $700 in the next couple of years. Will we have a pause on the way? Will we retrace and go back down to 300 or 250? I think that is completely possible as well. So it's just really a case of how long do you want to hold these names? How much conviction do you want to have uh, in the names that you're buying? And where do you see them going long term? So for me, um, you know, the only reason that I would possibly trim is the fact that it's hitting one of my limits to be above 5% of my. Uh, portfolio and any one given name and that normally starts me taking a look at it a little bit closer to see hey has this run too much do i want to reinvest this in video money somewhere else and uh, as you guys know if you've been here any kind of time uh, i was only buying this one last year i have not been in this name forever uh, and you know looking at it now i'm up 95 percent and uh, if i look at these tax lots i can see when i actually started buying um let's take a look here I'm only seeing 22. It looks like um, around January of 22, when uh, we started buying the uh, NVIDIA for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge at like 300. And then, you know, we, I, I saw this one drop. I really thought that it was going to be something that was going to be short-lived. So I started buying a couple weeks after uh, that massive drop in NVIDIA from the, uh, the first week of 22. And uh, yeah, my first purchase was at uh, at 225. So then uh, I averaged down over time and built a position, and bought some in the 170s, bought some in the 130s. Um, yeah, I think I even bought it down in the you know 134 is what I'm seeing is the the low that I bought it at. So it's definitely a stock that uh, has really turned around, and one that I do believe to go higher and. Uh, it's really a tough call. I mean, I could certainly see you staying along these names and, and really just building a position. But uh, at the same time, I could see maybe selling out and buying some other healthcare names that make sense, uh, or perhaps uh, 
you know, some different banking names that you think are really going to make a turnaround to get a little bit more yield to, you know, kind of diversify into some other names that might make sense for your portfolio or for your needs uh, right now and going forward. So that's kind of what I got there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely watching the, what the, the Fed is going to do. I think that is going to be the next thing. We've still got the uh, the debt ceiling uh, deal that I do not believe is finished yet, but I will double check that and see where we are standing. So uh, there's there's still some uh, uncertainty out there in the uh, in the market and some some hurdles that we've still got to jump in order to really see where this market goes. But uh, with some of this news on AI, I think at least we are in some of the right names that are rolling up while some other names are getting you know punished a little bit. And uh, it's really nice to see uh, that, you know, these two names have really brought up the, the rest of the market. But uh, at the same time, I don't think that all of those names that are in the NASDAQ uh, really deserve to be brought up with these two. So just because, uh, you know, NVIDIA and Broadcom have brought up those, uh, those broader averages, there might be some names that uh, kind of came up unjustly. That could probably be trimmed out of your portfolio as well on some good news that really didn't have anything to do with them. That's kind of kind of my thought right there. So maybe see some names that have had a 10, 15, 20 percent run in the past week and really see if that's justified. Look at the valuations and see if that's something that you want to take advantage of. Maybe not selling the, you know, the leaders of the pack, but selling some that uh, really don't deserve to be where they got to this week off of other people's success stories. So uh, that's what I'm going to try to take a look at here. I'm going to see if uh, there's some different names out there right now that really make sense to buy that are going to be a little bit more undervalued, that do give us some room for growth and uh, ultimately can help us get to that level of financial freedom that we're all looking for. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, going to regroup and uh, come back and talk some other stocks with you guys. All right, guys, we are back here on the episode so i uh, wanted to make sure that you know if you need help getting started i do have some links in the description to help get you going we've got uh financecrypto.com uh, e-trade and webull now webull is where we are doing the investing challenge for 2023 and uh, we have been turning this account uh, around since our start in 2022 so i believe we're up about uh, 10 percent on that one and uh, actually let me just take a look here while i've got you and we'll, we'll see what we're actually doing in this account and see what actually what, what Friday did for us. We might actually be looking pretty, pretty solid. Uh, yeah, we're up uh, probably another 2% since last check, uh, simply from uh, the, the gains of Thursday and Friday of this week. And uh, that's definitely nice to see. So we are positive on NVIDIA where that was our biggest loser uh, probably, you know, about a year ago. That was down, I don't know, 30, 40, 50%, more than that even. Uh, so that one's definitely turned around. We're positive. We got some other things that are really starting to look up as well. Uh, AMD has started really rolling up nicely for us. We're up 45% on that trade, 23% uh, on uh, Amazon, 48% on Broadcom. So there, there's definitely some winners in this portfolio now. So I'm definitely uh, happy to see that. Uh, still, we got some uh, some bruises in this one as well. Uh, Devon Energy being one of those, Enphase being another one that I would personally continue to add but um yeah so we, we've got a little bit of a mixed uh, situation here as to what's really rebounded already and what has not but um yeah so for the investing challenge for week 21 
we did put up five different names that we were looking to invest in for this past week. And uh, those names were Cintas, the uh, uniform and uh, linen company uh, that I thought could have a good rebound as more people are getting uh, re-employed and back to work. I thought that one could be a good play. We might have been a little too late on that uh, on that call. Uh, Airbnb was number two as I'm sitting in an Airbnb right now recording this. Uh, number three was PayPal, uh, P-Y-P-L. That one has been a, a rough spot in my portfolio for some time. But uh, is it at a point where we can actually average down and it makes sense? Uh, number four was Blackstone, ticker was BX, the, uh, the wealth management company that has had a lot of uh, banking and, uh, you know, kind of money problems with people trying to take too much money out due to the state of the economy. And then number five was uh, Freeport MacMoran, uh, the uh, copper miner and gold as well. But uh, another name that I thought could really do well from the electrification of, uh, of automotives and uh, pretty much our world as a whole. But uh, yeah, the, the votes are in on the uh, Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. We will be by, uh, buying PayPal on Tuesday, not Monday. The market's going to be closed here in the U.S., so we will be buying on Tuesday this week, which is a, a rarity. But um, thank you guys for voting. And please make sure you join the group, uh, follow along, and get your votes in for the stocks of this week. Now, uh, going forward, before I even get into those stocks, I did want to say that uh, Costco did end up reporting uh, this past week. And um, while some numbers look to be down, uh, they traded higher. Now, that... Uh, does happen. We, we've seen this happen before if they have a higher guide. But uh, I think what happened a little bit with Costco is they had some different uh, charges that had to be paid off in this quarter. And uh, let me take a look here on E-Trade and see what this report was all about. Uh, so what I'm looking at uh, Costco, um, this is an article from MarketWatch. Um, it says an analyst asked whether it makes sense to raise membership fees. Uh, the CFO responds, nice try. Uh, so I, I don't know if that they're going to actually go ahead and raise those fees quite yet. And uh, some of their different inflation gauges are still showing that uh, things are persisting to remain higher. But that hot dog uh, combo that you can get at Costco for $1.50 is still there. They are no mention of changing that anytime soon. Uh, let's take a look at some of the numbers here. Uh, if they want to do anything with inflation. They feel very good about uh, if we want to do it, we can do it without impacting in any meaningful way, uh, renewal rates or signups or anything. And at some point we will. Uh, but our view right now is that we've got enough levers out there to drive business. Uh, they continued to say that we feel that it is incumbent upon us to be that beacon of light to our members in terms of holding them for right now. So it looks like those prices are going to stay uh, at least for a while now. Uh, and then going forward, same store sales were slipping about 0.1%. That was on some of those uh, big ticket items and furniture, things that uh, had a little bit more margin. Uh, so some of those things fell down, but uh, you know the food and grocery business is still, still strong. They had uh, inflation coming down on meat, on uh, nuts, and some other things that were uh, a big cost driver uh, for them and was kind of a pain point in the last year. So uh, shares did go up about 5%. Uh, it looks like a lot of this is really forecasted to kind of be short-term. 
Uh, it's really not a problem with the company, but more so a problem with the current state of the economy and what people are actually buying. Now, the uh, the U.S. personal savings rate has dropped to uh, the the 4% range, and we are normally at an 8% of personal savings rate here in the U.S. Uh, you know, during COVID, that did spike up into like the 30% rate, and uh, that was short-lived. But, you know, people weren't going out. We weren't spending. Uh, a lot of those things that we had booked had been refunded because we, we couldn't go on those trips or, you know, simply, uh, you know, couldn't plan a party or do anything. So those saving rates went through the roof uh, at that time, which was kind of unforeseen. Uh, April 2020 reached up to uh, about 33 percent, which is just unheard of. Plus, we were getting, you know, government handouts and, and things like that to keep people uh, on their feet at that time as well. But uh, now, yeah, they've, they've dropped to uh, 4.6% in February. And uh, in June of 22, they had dipped to a 2.7%, which was a 15-year low. So we're definitely concerned about the, the uh, safety of the U.S. consumer, how much they're going to be able to continue to spend, and uh, if they're going to be able to survive without using credit cards and buy now, pay later, which has been... Uh, more of a concern, even in grocery sales, we're seeing people use buy now, pay later, which, uh, you know, is that revolving door that people have to continually buy more food every week. So that is definitely something that we really need to watch, really see where these numbers go uh, to really know if we're going to be safe out there or if there's going to be more pain points in the economy going forward. So I'm definitely watching those numbers. Uh, so uh, we've also had uh, Disney get hit by a, uh, a double downgrade. And they were down about 6% on Thursday. Uh, and they are definitely in a spot where it's, it's really tough to know where this company goes. I still have a, you know, a, a bright spot on this one on the horizon in my head. But, uh, man, this has been a, a company that's been really tough to own over the, the course of the past couple of years. Uh, we are sitting near that uh, yearly low, which was set back in December at 84.07. We are sitting at 88.45 currently. But uh, in last August, we were sitting at 126. So we have moved down uh, significantly over the course of the year. And uh, it's just been one that's been a pain uh, to, to own. And the, the PE is sitting at 39, which uh, doesn't really give me too much uh, reason to buy it right now. That dividend still is not, um, is not reinstated at this point. And uh, it just seems like there's a lot of things that uh, really are not going in their way. Uh, now, when I'm looking at a price analysis from Trefis, uh, it does say that there's about 37% of upside on this name. And uh, I do believe that we can get there. Um, so I guess I'm kind of talking out both sides of my, uh, my mouth here when I say it's definitely something that has been a pain point. Uh, I do believe that there is a good amount of upside. It's just how much uh, time it's going to take in order to get there. So it could be something to really take a look at what their numbers look like going forward. And this is, uh, you know, a lot of sell off due to uh, this double downgrade that they received this week. So uh, with that being said, I think I'm going to move right on to the uh, the stocks of the week. And uh, I, I guess these five are, are something that I came up with while sitting here. Uh, trying to think what names might be a good play uh, to own going forward. Now, first off, I wanted to say that uh, NVIDIA was one of these companies that was set to be a, a $1 trillion company on everyone's radar sooner than later. 
And uh, it did have some other companies that I, I saw constantly mentioned that were on track to be the next $1 trillion companies. And one of those didn't make that list. But uh, NVIDIA did have the third largest market cap growth day for a stock in the, uh, in the stock market uh, as they moved up that 25% uh, on Wednesday, I believe that was. So now they are sitting at uh, a market cap of about $963.1 billion. Uh, so they are getting really close to that $1 trillion market cap valuation. And uh, there are some other ones that I think can actually get there sooner than later as well. But um, so I guess with that being said, let's go ahead and get started with the the five names of this week. And this one probably will not see a $1 trillion valuation anytime soon. Uh, no, it won't. That's uh, it's way off, way, way off. And that company is going to be Ford Motors. Now, I'm looking at Ford for a couple different reasons. Uh, well, Jim Farley just announced that they will be getting uh, access to, I think, 12,000 uh, Tesla superchargers in 2024. So I think that is going to be uh, very beneficial to people that are using uh, Ford automotive EVs and uh, could really help spur some, uh, some selling for the Ford platform uh, to get the Lightning truck, to get the Mustang Mach-E out there and really have more Ford customers uh, take advantage of those networks that they can use to charge <clears throat> and have a lot more reliability in charging when they're on the road. Uh, so this one um, had a lot of EV problems. They were spending, uh, I think, losing about 2 or $3 billion a year on EV. And uh, that was definitely a pain point for the company. But the PE is reasonable right now. It's at a 16.9. Uh, we've got uh, price targets of about uh, 17.6, which is about 55% higher than where we're currently sitting. Uh, that is on Trefis. Let me check the Reuters and see if those analysts agree with that uh, valuation. Uh, Reuters does give it a hold, and they say there's about 16.9% uh, upside. So definitely a, a big uh, mismatch there between Trefis and the 19 analysts that are on Reuters. But uh, I definitely think that this one could be one to buy and hold. Uh, and we could certainly average down on this name going forward uh, by adding this one here. Uh, I know we added it last year, but it's been a while since we've really looked at it. We've also got uh, about five and a quarter percent of dividend yield uh, to start on this one. So that definitely gives us a, a little bit of room of safety here. And uh, I think that some of the things in EV should start to go their way as the electrification uh, of automotive really starts taking place. Uh, that being said, I did mention a, a while back that Tesla's Model Y was uh, set to be uh, one of the top selling EVs in the world. And it did get uh, the top selling vehicle uh, in the world for Q2, I believe it is. Now, uh, we'll see where that actually goes and how that really uh, helps Tesla going forward. Uh, I know that Tesla did have a really nice day on Friday. Uh, trading up about uh, 5%, now sitting at 194 So clawing our way back to that $200 uh, share price. And uh, that one's definitely nice to see for me. Uh, certainly a, a long-term uh, bull on Tesla. And uh, I've been a little bit more apprehensive on Ford, but I do think that this price, uh, with the dividend, with the valuations, uh, that we can be a little bit more comfortable buying Ford here. So that uh, is number one for week 22 as ticker f now 
going forward, uh, the, the second one here goes back to the auto uh, electrification and autonomy of, uh, you know, automotives in the world. And that name is going to be another semiconductor name that I don't think has really caught fire as much as some of the other names that are out there. And that one is going to be on semiconductor. So the, the ticker is ON. And uh, if you look at their website, you'll see that they're uh, engaged in a lot of uh, autonomy, a lot of sensors, a lot of things that are going to really take uh, autonomous driving, electrification of vehicles to that next level. Uh, they're also in cloud and 5G. Uh, they're in a lot of the right spaces at the right time. Uh, they are trading at a yearly high, but uh, the PE is still reasonable to me at 21 times earnings. And uh, just one that I think we could really have a, uh, a long-term uh, growth with this company as they are really getting into a lot of the end markets that really make sense uh, for them to really grow into. So uh, when I'm looking at analyst research here on Reuters, uh, it is a buy. We've got a five-year return of about 217%, uh, which is definitely nice over that, uh, that five-year time horizon. We've got about 16.6% .6 of upside from 24 different analysts. Uh, we've got positive earnings for the last six quarters. Uh, I think some of these annual revenue numbers uh, will probably be outperformed. Uh, they do have a forecasted shrink in 2023 of 2.4%, and then returning to growth in 24 of 4.8%. But uh, I definitely think that those numbers... Uh, could be guided higher, seeing some of their positive earnings in the past. Uh, we are getting a 37% discount on that trailing PE. Uh, we're sitting at a 20. The five-year average is a 31.7. But we are paying a 70% premium on price to sales. Uh, their five-year average is a 2.5. And the current P, uh, price to sales is 4.3. So a little bit overvalued there. But uh, I do believe that the business should be heading in the right direction, especially with a lot of the uh, end users actually growing and, and really looking to go into a lot of these different fields where they are really specified to do great things in those, uh, in those markets. So that is number two on semiconductor. Ticker is ON. So now going forward, uh, this one just reported for the year, uh, for the quarter, and that name was Lowe's. Uh, the ticker is L-O-W. And uh, they did move up Friday um, after hours around 2.73%. They were able to raise their dividend uh, about 5%. Just be, have a starting yield of about 2.18%. Uh, so not a whole lot of uh, upside on this, uh, this share price. But uh, this is also one that I believe if we do start seeing rate cuts by the end of the year, or even if it's into 2024, and people start to resume to building and doing some uh, imp home improvements, I do believe that we could be buying Lowe's at a decent time in order to really uh, take advantage of what the future holds for these companies and really buy it when uh, other people might not be looking at it as much. The fact that they were able to raise the dividend about 5% really makes me think that they're in a good spot, that they have their, uh, their house in order and they can uh, really take advantage of, uh, you know, maybe some possible buybacks, maybe doing some things with the company that allow them to grow during this time. And they really have uh, been a winner of uh, the DIY movement that was through 2020. And they really connected with a lot of those customers. 
So I do think that uh, that Lowe's should really benefit here uh, and going forward with uh, some possible rate hikes and people getting back to um, really looking to do some projects, build new homes, and, and take care of some other problems that have been existing for a while as we haven't maybe had the money to do uh, some of those renovations that we were looking to do going forward. Uh, so yeah, about 13.4% of upside from 30, 30 analysts. And um, where are we on? Dividend growth was about 31% for uh, the year ending in May of 23. Dividend payout ratio of about 40.5%, which is uh, nice to see. We still got some room to go up on that dividend. And uh, where are we on valuation? 14% discount on trailing PE, 15% discount on forward PE, a 5% discount on price to sales. So uh, I definitely think that with the discounts, uh, the raise in the dividend, and the future growth of the company, this could be a good one to add uh, to our portfolio uh, for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge anyhow. Uh, so now number four, this was going to be one of the ones that people have said could be the next trillion dollar company. And that name is Visa. So this one has been a long time uh, contender for that, uh, that title to have a, a trillion dollar valuation by maybe 2030. We're not close to it yet. We're sitting at $461 billion of market cap. So we'd have to over double to get uh, Visa to that uh, trillion dollar market capitalization rate. But uh, we do have a company that uh, is really being leaned on heavily uh, for people to do a lot of their shopping, a lot of their spending. As I said, that personal savings rate is down. So we're swiping that card more and worrying about paying it, you know, paying it back a little bit later. So I do think that Visa is in a great spot. They have great margins, uh, a great team. A lot of their costs are lower. Uh, you know, they're not as uh, labor intensive or uh, material intensive. So a lot of those costs are able to be managed a little bit better while keeping higher margins. And um, just one that I think could really benefit going forward uh, from a lot of the different things that are going on out there in the economy, in, in the world. Uh, so it is a buy rating on Reuters. We've got a five-year return of about 70%. Uh, we've got a price target uh, upside of about 20.4%. And uh, a company that uh, has had positive earnings, we've got annual revenue growth this year of 11.2% and 23.3% by the end of 2024. Uh, so definitely things I like there. Uh, dividend growth of about 18.7% for the past year that ended in March. Dividend payout is very low at 23%. Dividend coverage of 8.3 times. Uh, it is only a 0.8% dividend yield. So you're really, really not buying this one to get that dividend rate, but uh, I definitely think that the growth could certainly be there going forward for Visa. We've got a 14% discount on price to sales, 17% discount on trailing PE, and a 20% discount on that forward PE metric. So all good discounts there. Uh, I think it could be a good one to buy and hold going forward. Uh, so now number five, this one is also in the chip space, and that name is Qualcomm. Ticker is QCOM, and uh, I don't think that this one has really taken um, a lot of these NASDAQ gains uh, and really run with it. I think this one got pulled up with it, but uh, it's been pulled down over the course of the past year. 
uh, off of some different Apple news where they're not going to be making the chipsets for Apple and a, a lot of the problems there. But they are really building out uh, a lot of the chips that are going to be in the Internet of Everything and the electrification of everything. They're in a, in a good spot and they're really expanding their, uh, their chips outside of simply making uh, the handset chips for Apple. So I do think that uh, they will continue to grow. They've got a super low PE at 11.1 times earnings with a high EPS of $9.32 per share. We are also getting a 3.08% starting dividend yield. So it is a, uh, a semiconductor company with a low PE, a higher dividend, and uh, a lot of room for growth. Uh, according to Trefis, we got about 41.5% of upside on the price target, which is sitting at 147. Uh, and we are currently at 110. So I do believe that this one's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, we're getting it at a low PE with a good starting dividend yield, uh, which should allow us a, a little bit of safety to, to weather whatever storm gets thrown at Qualcomm right now. Uh, and I know a lot of it has been traded down on a lot of that Apple news. And uh, I definitely think it's a company that will continue to churn out high quality chipsets and uh, really look to expand their offerings uh, going forward. So uh, we do have about uh, around 29% of upside on Reuters from 26 different analysts. Uh, we've got uh, shrinking revenue for this year and returning to a little bit of growth next year. So down 18% this year, but uh, that number should shrink to about down 11% by the end of 2024. And that is a lot of that Apple uh, revenue that they're going to be missing out on. But they are pivoting. They are going through kind of a, a transformation to be more than just an Apple supplier. Uh, so while Broadcom takes a lot of that, uh, that revenue, Qualcomm is kind of being left in the dust, at least on the Apple side of things. But I do believe them to uh, rebound and, and kind of pivot and go elsewhere. So they are at a 39% discount on price to sales, a 56% discount on trailing PE and a 24% discount on forward PE. So a lot of different things I see there that uh, make me think that this could be a good rebound play. Uh, and we're getting at a good price with a good starting yield and uh, one that I feel comfortable buying and holding for the long term. So that is the five that I got for you guys for this year, uh, for this year, for this week. And uh, hopefully you guys can get over to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook and get your votes in. For one of the five, uh, Ford ticker was F, on semiconductor ticker is O-N, Lowe's ticker is L-O-W, Visa ticker V, and Qualcomm, the ticker is Q-C-O-M. So thank you guys for stopping in. Please make sure to get over there, give a, a vote for week 22, and follow along. Make sure you subscribe and share. And that's all I got for you guys this week. I'm going to get out there, get back to uh, vacation here. And uh, I'll keep you guys posted as to how the race is and uh, some more experiences that I'm seeing over here. But uh, thank you guys for stopping by and I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share to build a community of like minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. 
please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.